Welcome back to Hidden Tracks, Stories from BART. I'm Jay Sate, and with me again, because we're talking schedule again, is John Fitzgibbon, Manager of Scheduling and Planning. Did I get that right this time? Yes, you did. Excellent. All right, it's been a year. I've had time to practice. <laughs> and you've been pretty busy, haven't you? Yeah, it's been a busy, busy, busy year. We are doing a whole new schedule again. I think last time we came out and said, oh, it's ground up, it's completely redone, but now it's completely redone more. Right. Looking at the data, um, we were uh, under the impression that we needed to do things uh, much different. And so looking at how we schedule the trains in our, in our historical context of every 15 minutes, roughly, that wasn't going to work in order to add additional service to the places that needed it and then take away service where places didn't re- uh, need it as much. Much of the, the decision-making was based on ridership and where we had a need for additional ridership and, and service and where we could maybe take away a little bit of service. The board over the years has you know, asked for more service in the evenings, more service on the weekends, and by taking a balance of some service during the weekdays and applying that to nights and weekends, we're able to create a, a more balanced solution that is roughly neutral in cost. So uh, that's kind of where we started. Uh, just for everyone who might not be familiar, uh, it's the same now, daytime to nights and weekends on almost every line, right? Correct, yep. So in addition to that, we have the same schedule seven days a week, roughly. That's so good. So um, one of the techniques I used to build this new schedule was a, uh, a component in the scheduling software that uh, I've never used because it's generally not used. But in this case, it seemed to make sense. And it gave me the ability to create a seven-day timetable, meaning every single trip across all seven days is exactly the same every seven days. So um, if you have an 8 a.m. trip on a green line at Bayfair, it's going to be 8 a.m. every single day of the week. So that was a way to kind of lock in to make sure that every dimension of all the trips were clean across the week. And it simplifies the, uh, the schedule. So if you could talk to just the average rider uh, who maybe doesn't have sort of the real technical knowledge of all this, how would you talk to them and help show that this is uh, a good change in all these different ways? If you've got, you know, the, the 90 second elevator pitch, mm-hmm. what do you have for this schedule? Well, yeah, basically the, the pitch would be uh, we have a simpler schedule that's the same seven days a week. So no matter what day of the week it is or time of day, you're going to be able to get your train. Uh, so that in itself, I think, will simplify a lot of people's lives. They don't have to go look at a schedule and figure out, you know, when's the yellow line coming today versus, you know, Saturday, Sunday. Um, so that's a huge thing. Um, and then building the schedule so that we have nice, even headways across the network to get into the city, which is the number one destination for most people at BART is getting into the city. And uh, no matter where you are on the network, you have a 10-minute service there, seven days a week. Yeah, absolutely. I know that last time we were talking about, you know, just I think we you'd started that process, and this is kind of the culmination of that, where, mm-hmm. you know, last time I think red and green lines were like close weekdays right. to weekends, right. you know, and the three-line service was correct, but this was close. And now 
how, how did it all click together? How did this time, how, did, how come it worked? Well, by building it um, kind of as a wholesome, you know, one unit, and whatever I built on any given day was going to apply to every single day. So it took out that dimension of having a little bit different on the weekends and just applying what we did in the one single timetable basically uh, got rid of that imbalance that we had a little bit on the weekends with the red and the green. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be huge. I think just having, having weekend service be as important, essentially, as weekday service is a real kind of new way that BART is changing our service in the wake of the pandemic and with commute service perhaps not being quite as high priority you know, at the expense of other things. What's the sort of philosophy now around expanding and balancing out service for different times of the day? Post-pandemic ridership reality is that there just isn't the level of peak that there has been over the course of most of BART's life. So the schedule is much flatter and less reliant because of all the things that are happening socially. Uh, so building a schedule that is looking at the places where there's room for growth in the evenings and on the weekends was a, a way forward. The, the improvements late nights and, and weekends are going to be tremendous, and I think hopefully that will spur a lot of growth in ridership on all those times as well. That was one goal. What were the other goals of this new change? So the other goal was to really synchronize those lines that have shared trains. So for um, the, the Berryessa to uh, Fremont section, um, we had a fairly bad imbalance between the orange and the green since its inception. You know, when we moved down to Berryessa um, in 2020, that schedule has always been really awful. So this time where I was able to really coordinate the two lines so that if you're at Berryessa, or anywhere in between Bayfair and Berryessa, you can get on a green or an orange line and transfer to the blue line when you're on the orange line to get to the city in 10 minutes. So that entire length of our network has a 10 minutes um, schedule to the city. And that's something we've never had before. That's huge. So mm -hmm. I think all over the system, transfers are gonna be better, right? Yes. Yeah. So it was it, that was you know the one of the major focus was to ensure that no matter which line you're on the line to Berryessa the line to uh, Antioch or the line to Richmond that all those lines would be a 10 minute service into the city and we pretty much achieved that. Yeah, that's great. I know at least I can imagine everybody who's you know been on the Richmond to MacArthur even knows that how much more crowded the red line trains are usually than the orange, especially mm -hmm. in the morning. Yeah, so it'll be really important to get that message out. You know, jump on an orange line, transfer to a, a yellow at MacArthur. There's twice as much service on, on the yellow line, so those trains won't be as crowded as they may have been otherwise uh, with the 15-minute uh, headways. So I, I think it's going to turn out pretty well, and nobody will have to wait more than 10 minutes really to get into the city. It's really it's sort of a shortcut, right? And I mean, as as an orange line rider, frequently I'm like, you know, on the one hand, I'm glad everybody else is getting where they're going. But on the other hand, I'm like, damn, this is kind of my little secret, mm -hmm. uh, this little secret uh, Bart train that got me. You know, I could always sit down, but I think largely, you know, with with better headways, especially on the weekends, you know, it's hopefully we'll have plenty of seats for everybody and plenty of space. 
Yeah, the the weekend service, you know, we're adding 50% more service, more seats. Uh, so I don't expect there to be too much trouble. So with so much of this um, kind of unlocking these 10-minute headways being reliant on transfers, uh, we've definitely had the problem with some canceled trips in the past. And I know that's gone away substantially. This schedule helps that even more. Is that right? Yes, it does. Um, it, we are currently running 59 trains uh, at, at any given time. Um, and the new schedule only requires 55. So it's a few less trains that we have to kind of keep on top of, which the control center is appreciative of. Um, it also, because of the 20-minute headways on in the individual lines, so orange line or green line or blue line or 20-minute, when they get to their terminal, um, the operator then has the opportunity to take a break. In our old schedule, when it was a 15-minute turnaround, um, there just wasn't quite enough time to get a proper break according to the contract with the union. And that would result in compound issues. Hmm. Um, by extending that five more minutes, we're much more likely to give the operators a proper break um, that they deserve after being on the train for an hour and a half sometimes and, uh, and get to what they need to do and then back for the next trip around. So this will vastly improve our, our breaks for our employees. And, and it's a, it was designed to be, um, or one of the outcomes of the project was to make the quality of life improvements around that area. That's great. I mean, being able to have, so if you, you're basically saying if a train comes in late, the operator and the equipment and everything has more time to still be able to get breaks and be turned around and ready to go to depart on time. Right. Because, yeah, I know that um, I've definitely seen it where, you know, the train pulls in a few minutes late then immediately has to pull back out and it's already leaving late and it's going to, you know, have issues. So that's right. that's tremendous just to be able to have that sort of extra cushion on the turnaround. And, of course, just a way better quality of life for operators, too. Uh, I know there's... We're, I think we're still hiring some new ones as yep. well. We still have. But I'm sure every every existing one uh, is going to be thanking you for that. And yeah, I mean, we, we can measure that, um, and so I'm looking forward. I just got a file recently on and how many of those breaks that we missed, uh, and uh, I'm looking forward to running that report in December to see how, how much improvement we've made. When you were trying to reschedule everything and moving from 15, you know, 30 and 15s to doing this 20 and 10, when did it all sort of click that like, mm -hmm. hey, this will work? And like when, you know, when routings all had to work? Well, it, the concept itself, um, um, because headways need to be a multiple of each other. So, you know, doing a 1020 mathematically is always going to work. Um, but given all the constraints that, it, that BART has, you know, getting everything to really line up uh, becomes, you know, the, the hard part. So, you know, you know, making the little tweaks that, you know, that are possible, uh, I, you know, I did. And to the, to the point where, you know, I think we got the cleanest schedule we could get at this point. What does clean mean exactly in that? Clean means the, that the trips across the day are they start at the same time. Um, so there are always a multiple of either 10 or 20 um, across the day. So you get three trains per hour on the 20s and six trains per hour on the 10s. Um, so when you look at the, at the timetable, you see all these very similar numbers as a writer 
so you know that your train is always going to be there on the ones or on the, the fives or whatever it is. So yeah, getting that, that's kind of a clean schedule to me. Excellent. Nice. And is that your, your personal, like, what's your, what's your favorite part about this schedule personally? Like, what's just very satisfying? Getting that, the orange and the green line finally to be, uh, you know, 10 minutes apart for anybody going to the city. I mean, that was something that I've been trying to get done for a long time. It just never quite worked with the 15-minute headways. But with the 10s, it just worked. We, there are some constraints on the, uh, the A-line, which is the section of track between Lake Merritt and Bayfair, um, or Fremont, that really preclude moving things around too much because we have a very important constraint. So getting the, the service lined up so that the green and the blue at that point in the, in the network are always 10 minutes apart, and then pushing that down the line to the orange and the green, it, it all came together this time. Oh, nice. So that's just, it, it came together in a way better than it could have at 15 minutes right. between these trains. Yeah. Right. For some reason, it, it, it fit mathematically this time. There you go. So. You, you love it when that worked out. Do you yeah. think that that was ever planned for in sort of the construction and engineering? Or Absolutely that... not. <laughs> You know, when these when these networks are engineered, there's no no thought about how they would impact a schedule. Uh, it's something that I'm very mindful of now in the in the rollout of the extension to Santa Clara. We need it to be a certain speed and distance in order to make schedules easier for our customers and more reliable. And then once once the schedule is built, you then took it and presented it to transportation and to rolling stock and everybody and like how how'd that go this time you know i basically created the the plan in concept mostly i hadn't completely built a schedule but i wanted to get it out to you know a couple of folks very small audience and so i sent it to shane edwards uh, who is the agm for transportation operations i sent it to alicia trost who is the director of comms and uh, initially got some feedback that was pretty positive. Uh, Alicia sent back a note saying, this is a reimagined uh, service. And that's where the name and, sort of came from. It and that's stuck. kind of, that stuck for sure. The, the rest of the review uh, by Shane Edwards' staff was mostly positive. Uh, and uh, so from there, you know, I got kind of the go ahead to push further and actually build a real schedule that we could then look at and evaluate very cool and that of course now you know i'm sure i'm sure that was just the very beginning of the whole process and, that was february you know, yes well it'll be a whole nother podcast episode to actually go through every single step of the way until we got all the way here but uh what would you say um what would you say like when we first started posting this and showing the new map and talk about this new schedule uh, a lot of people were interested uh, that's maybe perhaps a generous word, but we're interested uh, in the fact that we are changing the service of Mount Dilbury again. Mm -hmm. uh, what are the advantages this time, and do you think you've finally gotten it nailed? Well, the, the advantages are when you look at our ridership statistics. Uh, the airport is one of the highest ridership places in BART's inventory. Uh, and so getting more service out there um, was it's just kind of a naturally good thing uh, because that's we want to have really good, robust service at the airport. It's kind of a, a thing for me personally um, that that uh, origin destination 
um, is one of the most important origin destinations of any major city in the world. If you can get really good service from your airport, that you know that kind of speaks volumes. So we started out just two years ago with only four trains per hour going to the airport, which is not that great. And it's actually been discussed in other social medias. That's really not very good at all. So, you know, I kind of took that and, and, uh, and worked with it to see what we could do better. So then our last major change, we added uh, trains from the red line going directly to the airport. So we made it eight trains per hour. Um, this new iteration is, you know, we're basically doing nine trains per hour. So it's six on the yellow and three on the, yellow, on the red. So we're improving the, the airport service for sure. And then both red and yellow are direct to the airport. I think that was a right. big one. I, I've actually myself have been at Millbrae and seen a bunch of very confused people from the airport getting off the train, very confused that it went the wrong direction first. And right. then, of course, it left them <laughs> after they got off at Millbrae. Right. And then they got to wait for the next so red that, line. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's an interesting one where people, people arriving on BART at the airport are kind of maybe the least knowledgeable about sort of these right. these quirks. So right. I'd imagine it's a much better, you know, nine trains per hour, all of which going direct to San Francisco and the East Bay is going to save a lot of headache for uh, for airport riders who are just trying to get home after a long flight or just right. trying to get to their hotel. Right. It really does take away a lot of uncertainty when you're at the airport or if you're on the red line going to the airport. Um, I've been on many of those trips through Millbrae on the way to the airport where people look around and I'm like, they're not sure what's happening. Uh, so this will completely eliminate that to, you know, to really important customer base. And for riders from Millbrae, uh, it's not, I want to say it's bad news for them specifically, but having to go to the airport first, it's that turnaround, it's going to be a lot tighter than it is right now, right? Yeah, it's basically adds about six minutes to their total journey. Uh, it's a four-minute ride from Millbrae to uh, the airport, and then there's a two-minute turn between uh, the stop and the go out to Richmond. So, um, yeah, it, it it it's we've been doing that kind of turn for more than a year now, and it works very effectively. Nice, and I mean it's it's more. SFO, the way the station is, it's more on the way than Millbrae was on the way to San Francisco as right. well, right? So, like, you t it takes six minutes to turn around, but it also took, you know, what, four minutes to go from San Bruno straight to Millbrae. So right. it's, not, it's not even that, that big of an impact, which I think, you know, also that combined with better airport service and a simpler service pattern helps a lot. And I'm sure it also helps untangle some scheduling stuff down there with that, that track geometry. Yeah, it does. So we're, we're no longer needing to use the W line, which is the line that connects Millbrae to San Bruno. Uh, so all the trains are going to be going through the airport and out of the airport um, on what's called the Y line. So I, it's going to simplify things. Um, it's also where we're going to be doing some work for uh, the future. And so it gives that section of track maybe more opportunity for doing maintenance uh, as we move forward. We sort of touched on it very briefly with kind of simplifying service, but uh, how is this going to improve reliability of BART? So by uh, spacing out the lines, uh, so the orange line is a 20-minute, green line 20-minute, um, by spacing out the, the lines, we actually get a little bit more time in between trains 
which is a very valuable commodity for the, the control center. If they have a little bit more time to, to deal with issues, which happen all day long, it'll, it'll improve the overall um, solution. So they're, they're looking forward to it. They were one of the, um, the folks in the control center were one of the major reviewers of the schedule. And, uh, and the result was that, you know, this is going to be an improvement to give them more time to correct things when they get a little bit out of, out of order. With what we were saying earlier about the transfers and things being easier, you've kind of managed the impossible in that there's more time between trains, but less time between useful trains because there's more useful trains. Right. Follow, but it's <laughs> now, a sort of hard thing to wrap your mind around. Yeah, it's, it's pulsing the system so that when they get to those main places where we do transfers, that the transfers are nice and clean. Uh, you know, that would be MacArthur and 19th Street are major transfer places. But we also have in other lines that are also meeting at those places, at MacArthur in particular, we have a six-minute transfer window for people going from Concord to Ashby or Berkeley oh, nice. in both directions. And we've never had that before. So now there's 10-minute service in both directions between Concord, Walnut Creek, and anywhere. Yeah, even uh, if you're making that sort of wrong way transfer. Right, right. That's that's a lot of trips that were just a huge pain on part before because you'd have to stand there at MacArthur. Or you'd have to run and try to make the train. Yeah, exactly. Which is not always the best thing. So this, yeah, now there's plenty of time. Even if you you know need the elevator down and over and up, like we just need to make sure that's possible for everybody. Right. I've certainly barely made my fair share of uh, (laughs) of running transfers, but I don't think that's yeah, we don't. We want to schedule for. No, we don't want to. We we look. We look, uh, you know, down on folks running on escalators. <laughs> it's not safe. So that's great. I mean, it's what. So it's that transfer between the yellow line and the red and orange, the northern sections at MacArthur, and then the transfer. I think we'd call it a transfer opportunity down at Bayfair is now tightened up even as well for people going Berryessa to Dublin. Right. Yep. The only place where we kind of lost an, an opportunity for a transfer that some folks are going to notice is uh, w- folks starting in Dublin and going to Richmond. Uh, that transfer opportunity used to be a nice, clean, blue to orange line anywhere uh, between Bayfair and Lake Merritt. And um, that kind of went away when we had to move the blue line to better align with the, the green line and have a 10-minute uh, service all the way into the city. So uh, it's now a 17-minute wait at Bayfair Mm -hmm. if you want to make that transfer. But what I was able to do was adjust the blue line in the opposite direction. So from Daly City to Dublin, I was able to slow it down a little bit so that anybody on the the train can take a red line to transfer at West Oakland, which is a new place that will appear on a trip planner. So So if you missed... You don't have to wait that 17 minutes. You can now make that change at West Oakland, and you have to double back very slightly. You have to go down and then up the escalator, which is unfortunate, but it gives you a a 15-minute advantage of waiting. Yeah, absolutely. It actually adds three minutes to the total trip, which is, I think, a reasonable amount. And as long as we're running in our uh, on-time performance is running in the 80s to 90s, it should be pretty good. Um, nice. So, yeah. I'm familiar with that area around Bayfair, and obviously having the, – the data shows that more people are riding Berryessa to Dublin, mm-hmm. which is why that transfer is now 
prioritized over the Dublin to Oakland. Yes. And that, yeah, so that yeah. makes sense. I mean, it's all it all comes back to the data at the end of the day. Yeah. It? Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't want to I didn't want to forget about those folks that are going from Dublin to Richmond. It's still a really important yeah, origin no. destination and, for and Bart. Seventeen minute wait would be kind of rough. That would be rough. And so I looked into the schedule as deeply as I could and found that there was an opportunity with a very minor adjustment to connect that blue line to the red line. Is that the biggest like little tiny like tweak with the biggest impact, would you say? Or is there somewhere else that just like, you know, a minute here or there saves people twenty minutes of waiting? No, that that really was the kind of the last thing that I had to figure out a way to accommodate an, an important origin destination. So uh, everything else kind of fell together much, much more easily in the schedule. Right. That's so, like, that's got to be pretty satisfying, right? Mm -hmm. I think we talked a lot last time about, like, you know, when all the puzzle pieces fall together. But it sounds like this time around they fell together just much more cleanly, too. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's, you've got me wanting to play, like, <laughs> games where I have to schedule or come up with something. Like, I doubt the software that you use has a license for that. <laughs> Probably not. No. Maybe someday. Yeah. If, you're, if you're listening, people who develop <laughs> this, make a game version. <laughs> What's next? I don't know if you can necessarily talk about that quite yet, but like, it sounds like we're pretty close to something really, really, really good. Well, what's next is if ridership recovers to the, to the level that we need it to, adding in additional service on a 10-minute headway on the red and the green and the blue and the orange is a lot simpler. It, there's a way forward uh, that I think we have without having to restart the entire process or go back to a 15-minute headway that we had pre-pandemic. So I'm hopeful that as we move forward and ridership recovers to where we really need it to be, uh, that we're able to use this new base and leverage what we have in order to improve it. So future service will just basically drop right in on tens and it'll all still be very clean? Right. Is that intentional? It's not intentional, but mathematically, it just, it just works. It works out. We're lucky that way. Yeah, no, that's handy. Yeah. But I'm, I know if, if I had done it, I'm sure I would have, you know, oh, if you double the service, then all of a sudden you've got four trains on top of each other trying to go through the Transvate <laughs> tube at once. And yeah, that doesn't work. No, no, it won't work. No. I know um, we've talked about this a little bit sort of off camera, but uh, with future big capital projects coming to BART, you know, uh, the, the extension down to Santa Clara, uh, CBTC coming along, uh, how, what are the impacts that those are going to have on scheduling sort of in the next, what, what are the next 10 years of BART scheduling look like? It, it's going to be challenging. Um, there's a lot going on, especially with the CBTC project. Um, and it really does impact our ability to, to operate a schedule that we build. Uh, and so in some cases, we actually have to build a schedule around the capital project itself. Uh, there's there's a, a chance that we're going to have to do some major schedule rebuilding on the blue line between uh, Bayfair and Dublin in one direction because that section of, of track at BART is the longest, straightest section that we have that we can use as an alternate test track. Uh, for doing a lot of the tests that need to happen. We have an agreement with uh, the vendor to, to do some of that work, but it does pretty seriously impact the ability to, to keep that line, the blue line, it's uh, in a clean and, 
and reliable and uh, and customer focused, which is a huge worry for me. So uh, we'll see what we can do. Well, I mean, even that, like once once these projects are over, right? I, I know obviously it's going to be. <laughs> Uh, it, we'll call it job security for you to have to plan around all these construction projects. But like, mm-hmm. what's the world of scheduling going to be like once CBTC signaling is completely over? Or well, it really does change things up a lot, and it simplifies. Um, we don't have the constraints. We had. We won't have many of the constraints that we currently have uh, with the the block based train control system, uh, and so it gives more freedom to be able to put trains closer together uh, and higher higher speeds in some cases. It, it really does simplify. Takes away those constraints, so I don't have to worry about them. Will that take some of the fun out of your job? No, it'll still be fun, okay. you know. <laughs> <laughs> just making sure you're not just like, no. you know. It, it, we may get to a point in the future that it, if we go backwards maybe 10 years or so, the, the BART network did not change very much for very long periods yeah. of time. And the schedule itself didn't really change very much for long periods of time. So there's a, a chance that as we go forward, once all these capital projects are finished, um, the BART schedule will become very static, which is a good thing for our customers. It'll ne- it just won't change. Uh, so we'll see how it goes. All right. So I think that's just about it. Thank you so much uh, for another great discussion about schedules. I think hopefully we'll do this again soon, though, I mean, if, as you were saying, Things should hopefully not change quite so much now that it's figured out for the current ridership. That was John Fitzgibbon, our manager of schedules and planning here at BART. And that was Hidden Tracks, Stories from BART. If you'd like to listen to more, you can download our podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, or on our website at bart.gov slash podcasts. 